Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 16th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is the service of the word which begins on page 38 and we're going to open right now with hymn number 372, I Lay My Sins on Jesus. disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me 
according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Sunday after Pentecost is from Proverbs chapter 9 verses 8 to 12 reading which tells us about the beginning of wisdom which is the fear of the Lord and that's oh having this proper respect for God awe for God in which we recognize yeah he hates sin but he loves the sinner for Jesus sake King Solomon wrote, Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many and your years and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Alleluia. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Alleluia. Turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, 
he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Let's continue now with our next hymn, hymn number 488, Savior Thy Dying Love. Sunday after Pentecost is our epistle reading from Philemon, well, the first chapter, the only chapter in the book, verses 1 and 10 to 21. 
Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from me, from you for a little while, was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow redeemed, by nature we are not people who are inclined to forgive. By nature, what we'd say is that instead of being inclined to forgive, we're more inclined to seek revenge, to try to get even with people. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that that desire to get even, to seek revenge, it is something that can consume our every waking hour. It can keep us awake at night's keeping us thinking about how do we get even. Well, we Christians do know, believe, that God is the one who is in charge of getting vengeance, that that's not our responsibility in this life. The God is the one who would seek vengeance, and, and he has entrusted the government, for example, with the job of seeking vengeance on those who would wrong another by punishing, even with capital punishment, if that is what the government would, would determine. But now we Christians, God expects us to forgive. God expects us to forgive just as we have been forgiven by our God. But our text it speaks not only of forgiving those who have sinned against us, but it talks about even more. The Apostle Paul is encouraging us to forgive and forget. God is encouraging us 
to forgive and forget. Oh, forgiving those who have sinned against us, those who have hurt or harmed us. That's something that we may often struggle with. It can be quite difficult. Sometimes it can seem almost impossible for us to forgive those who have sinned against us. But forgetting by but forgetting what they have, but forgetting is something that's even going beyond that. Forgiving, okay, but forgetting what they have done, putting that all behind us, forgetting about what has happened, oh, it's hard for us to put out of our minds something that has been done against us personally. And common sense really tells us that if someone has hurt or harmed us, it really is not a smart thing for you to do to forget about that, but to keep it in mind so that you can kind of protect yourself. Yet to forgive and forget, that's exactly what Paul is asking of Philemon in our reading. And that's what God is asking of each of us as well. So, as our Lord and the Apostle Paul encourage us to forgive and forget, let's consider first the basis for that plea, and then the plea to forgive, and then also that plea to forget. When you think about it, all people are basically the same at heart, regardless, regardless of the times and the places in which they live. Yet conditions do differ. And, well, for example, we'd say that society, some societies have had slavery and others have not. Greece and Rome long ago at the time of Christ, before the time of Christ and even for centuries after that, they had slavery. That was definitely the case. And its existence is a part of the system that existed at the time of Paul's writing this letter to Philemon and to Philemon and to the church in, in which he, which met at his home. But now, whatever the story was, Onesimus somehow had become Philemon's slave and Philemon, he became Philemon's runaway slave. And, but this Onesimus, he was one of millions in the Roman Empire at that time who would have been slaves. And it probably would surprise us when we think about the number of people who actually were slaves in the Roman Empire at that time. Estimates say that maybe one half and even as high as three-fourths of the people back in those days could have actually been slaves. And what that means is that if that estimate was correct, if the latter estimate is correct, that means that there would have been over 20 million slaves in Italy itself. The issue that's dealt with in this letter is not whether or not slavery is right or wrong. The fact of the matter is, is that we live in a sinful world. And therefore, people will be treated wrongly by sinful people. We will be treated wrongly by sinful people in this world. And 
well, we'll treat people wrongly as well. That's just the simple fact. It will remain that way as long as we are this side of heaven. That's why our Savior and, and heaven is so important, that there's a solution to all of the problems and troubles that we face in this life. People always everywhere are basically the same, and that is sinful and by nature under God's wrath. And without God's intervention, they would remain estranged from God for time and for eternity. Only God's action in Christ sending him to be our savior, and in the Holy Spirit, sending him working through the word to make us believing children of God, that's the only thing that returns us to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. And because of what God has done, well, by nature, we wouldn't deserve it. We wouldn't, we would only deserve eternal punishment. But because of what God has done, we can look forward to heaven, this place where there'll be no problems, no troubles, no people hurting people ever again because there all sin will be removed forever. Paul wrote this letter, this very short letter to Philemon, a Christian friend of his who lived in Colossae. And he wrote the letter to intercede for another friend, for Onesimus, this runaway slave. He had been a slave in Philemon's household, and, well, he had run away, and, well, chances are pretty good that as a runaway slave, not knowing Christ or anything like that, he had probably run away with his pockets lined with with money from Philemon, probably wasn't a, a good breakup at all. But eventually what happened is this Onesimus, he made his way to Rome, where the Lord led him to the Apostle Paul. And Paul at that time was under house arrest, awaiting the outcome of his appeal to the Roman court. What Paul did, is he shared the gospel with Onesimus. And the Holy Spirit worked on Onesimus's heart, made him a believing child of God. And a close bond quickly developed between Paul and Onesimus. And Paul even calls Onesimus my son in our reading. Onesimus, his new faith and his deep personal loyalty to Paul, it quickly became evident in his actions as he did so much to help out the, Paul, the Apostle Paul. It's, it's interesting that that Greek name Onesimus, it actually means profitable or useful. And prior to Onesimus coming to Paul, he was anything but profitable or useful. But now that the Holy Spirit had worked faith in his heart, now motivated by faith, by God living inside of him, what happened is he lived up to his Greek name. 
He was profitable. He was useful. He became the imprisoned, imprisoned Apostle Paul's legs doing his work while, while Paul was under house arrest. Paul, when you think about it, he really would have liked it had this newly profitable Onesimus been able to stay with him as his helper. And he probably could have prevailed upon Philemon, put a little bit of pressure on him, and made him let Onesimus stay with him. But he felt that that wasn't the right thing to do. He what doesn't command or plead with Onesimus saying that this is what he had to do to set Onesimus free. See, now the purpose of the gospel, it's not to change social order, but it's to change hearts, to work on people's hearts. And, well, Paul, he was confident that the gospel working on the hearts of well, Onesimus and Philemon, and, well, masters and slaves throughout the Roman Empire, what it could do is it could work to eliminate slavery's abuses and lead slaves and masters, well, to a new respect and Christian concern for each other. So Onesimus, he did go back to Philemon, his master. He went back willingly to ask for forgiveness and back to service as a slave for Philemon. But how would Philemon react to that? Under Roman law, a master like Philemon, if he had a runaway slave, the fact of the matter is, is that he had every right to treat that slave most severely and, and even to inflict death upon that slave. That was appropriate. Well, Paul wrote this letter to plead with Philemon not to treat Onesimus with harshness or cruelty so typical of his age, but instead to show the forgiving spirit, really, that is supposed to mark those who are followers of Jesus Christ. First, what Paul does is he pleads with Philemon, as our reading says, in the Lord. Paul was calling Philemon's attention to the fact that he had graciously received forgiveness from the Lord himself. So he was saying to Philemon, before he would harshly deal with someone who had wronged him, that he'd want to think about how gracious and forgiving God had been to him. And, and the same thing is true for us. If we deal with somebody who has wronged us, we'll want to think about how gracious and forgiving our God is to us. Paul also pleaded with Philemon for his own sake. Paul said that what Philemon owed to Paul is his own very self, he says. And apparently, 
God had brought the gospel to Philemon in the first place through, through the Apostle Paul and through the Apostle Paul's preaching and teaching. That's how Philemon had become a believing child of God. So here Paul was telling Philemon and us that what we'll want to do is show our appreciation to those who share the gospel with us. Philemon could show his appreciation to the Apostle Paul by being gracious to this returned slave. And Paul pleaded with Philemon to, as he pleaded with him to forgive and forget as a way for him to show his Christian love. And what better way can we show our Christian love than by forgiving those who sin against us. So the basis for Paul's plea to forgive and forget here was the grace and love that Philemon had already received. And when God tells us also to forgive and forget, the basis for that plea, it's the grace and love that we've received from our God. Well, Paul pleaded with Onesimus to forgive, pleaded with Philemon to forgive Onesimus. Onesimus, he had sinned against his master, and his flight from him was probably to escape the consequences of what he had done. Remember, by fleeing, by trying to escape, he could have been treated most harshly, even executed for his wrong. That's what Roman law said, and well, the fact of the matter is, is that God's law would have allowed that severe punishment as well. But Paul says here, if he had done, if he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. Charge it to me. What Paul said here symbolizes what Christ has done for us. While Jesus was on the cross, just think about it. What Jesus was really saying is he was saying, Father, all those people out there, all those people who have sinned against you, all those people who have broken your laws, take all of the punishment that they deserve and heap all of that punishment on me. Make me pay for those sins so that they can have your forgiveness. And now just think about what Jesus was saying there on the cross. Punish me so that they won't have to be punished. And that's what God the Father did he forsook Jesus. He abandoned Jesus. He made Jesus go through real hell in order to pay for our sins, in order to pay for all sins. And that's what Jesus, the God-man, could do for us. He could pay for all sins. Well, now, how did Onesimus react to God's forgiveness? Well, instead of continuing his flight, willingly he did go back to his master and he was willing again to be a slave of Philemon. And 
How do we react to the Lord's forgiveness? We'll want to react as Onesimus did, looking to the Lord, looking to the Holy Spirit for his help to fight against the sin that's in our lives. However, what we're going to want to realize is that our sinful nature and our world today, it wants us to believe that God's love and forgiveness means that we can do whatever we want and maybe then just trust in God's forgiveness. But is a believer someone who knows what he is doing, knows that it's wrong and continues to keep on willfully doing it? Christians are going to stumble and fall. In weakness, we're going to keep on doing things that we know we shouldn't do. But may God help us like Onesimus to be people who want to be faithful children of God. Paul also pleaded with Philemon here to forget what Onesimus had done. Paul said, so if you consider me a partner, welcome Onesimus as you would welcome me. Paul wanted Philemon now to treat Onesimus really as if nothing had happened. Onesimus was now a believing child of God and he wanted to be a faithful slave. That was his position in life at this particular time. And we don't know what ended up happening when Onesimus returned to Philemon. What Philemon could have done is he could have sent Onesimus back and given him his freedom and said, go help the Apostle Paul. What could have also happened is he could have taken him back as a slave and perhaps they would have had a great slave-master relationship or they could have continued to have some problems. Philemon might have had trouble with forgiving and forgetting and Onesimus could have struggled with being a faithful slave. But that wouldn't really be surprising if they had their struggles, if they had their problems, because they both still were sinners, right? They both still were sinners. They were this side of heaven. Well, they'll have their struggles. We'll have our struggles. But what a blessing it is for us to know that we have a God who really does forgive and forget all the sin that's in our lives because of Jesus, because of the faith that's been worked in our hearts through the working of the Holy Spirit. However, when we think about God forgiving and forgetting, that second part, forgetting in particular, it's important for us to remember that God isn't an absent-minded God who just absent-mindedly forgets about our sins. And that's because of Christ, because of what Christ has done. Our sins are gone. They're gone forever. And there's nothing for God to even remember at all. That's why he forgets them. And 
when in faith we would stumble and fall and we'd say, God, I've sinned again. I've committed that same sin again because of what Christ has done. You know what God says? God says, well, what sin is that? See, he's forgiven and forgotten because of Christ our Savior. And isn't it great for us to know that we have such a forgiving and forgetting God? Oh, it was a hard request when you think about it that the Apostle Paul gave to Philemon that, the, that Philemon received from the Lord through the Apostle Paul. And really it's a hard request that God gives to us when he when he encourages us also to forgive and forget when, when there are people who have sinned against us, when there are people who have hurt or harmed us. That's a hard request. Forgiving, that's sometimes hard and difficult, but forgetting and acting as if those sins had never been there in the first place at all, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. But God, because of Christ, what he does is he wipes our sins out of his memory and what we'll want to do is the same thing. When someone would hurt or harm us, we'll want to wipe their sins out of our memory because Jesus died on the cross to pay for their sins. We'll want to forgive and forget, especially when we're thinking about our brothers and sisters in Christ. Forgive and forget. It's a tremendous challenge, but it's also a precious fruit of faith. It's a precious fruit of Christian living. And, well, forgiving and forgetting, isn't that just exactly what God does for us? in Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you call us into fellowship with each other and into your church's service. Be with us in times of difficult decisions and Grant us the wisdom of your Holy Spirit. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
when we have some special prayers to bring before our Father's throne of grace and mercy today. We pray for Colleen Webb, who's dealing with COVID. We'll also pray for my dad. He's been having some troubles and, and caught COVID as a result of that and is currently hospitalized. We pray for Stan Krozik, still dealing with the effects of shingles. And, and we also pray for Paula Burris, who's dealing with some infection issues in her legs. Well, we'll pray. Lord God, please be with these brothers and sisters in Christ and, and well, grant them healing if that is your will. But as we always say, Lord God, please especially keep on giving them your grace and love. Keep giving them your forgiveness and keep on strengthening them in their faith in their Savior Jesus healing of their physical ills would be so wonderful but but especially we know that what they need more than anything else and what will give them the help and the strength to get through their trials and troubles what gives each of us help and strength to get through our trials and troubles is more and more of your grace and love so please keep on sharing with all of us more and more and more of your grace and love. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. And we join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a few announcements to share with you in the congregation. Today is or Tuesday is Nettie Flory's birthday. Wednesday, Rachel Faulkner Lowry, Lowry has a birthday. Friday, Isabel Hanzo has a birthday. And Burr and Elizabeth Webb have an anniversary. And then on Saturday, Mary Glassbrook has a birthday. On Monday and Tuesday of this week, I will be at a Monday and Tuesday 
morning I will be at a pastor's conference at Our Savior Lutheran Church in Westland, Michigan. And well, Wednesday night we will have our Wednesday worship service again. I think that those are the announcements I have. Um, well, we were maybe just share with you. We went over to Wisconsin and we weren't able to see my dad because he kind of came down with COVID when we got there. We just were able to talk to him on the phone. He's, he's in the hospital, I believe, on, as I'm recording this on Friday night. On Sunday, I believe he'll still be there. He'll probably need to go to rehab to try to build up some strength that he lost because of COVID. But please keep him, keep all of the people in our prayer list in your, your prayers. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.